الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا سبلنا الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا الحمد لله الذي هدانا صراطا مستقيما وجاءت رسل ربنا بالحق وصدق المرسلون وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له تفرد بالربوبية والألوهية فهو في السماء رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وفي الأرض رب وإله يعبد ويطاع وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا ونبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله وما كان الله ليعذبهم وأنت فيهم وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون استغفروا ربكم إنه كان غفارا من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فإن الله على كل شيء قدير ومن يعتصم بالله فقد هدي إلى صراط مستقيم أما بعد Dear committed brothers and sisters This month of Ramadan is the month in which the meanings of the Quran unfold themselves not because the Quran itself is less understood in other times of the year and more so at other times of the year. No. The Quran is the Quran. It is we who have the potential to understand it more or to understand it less. And during this month of Ramadan, that potential presents itself. So we could gain more 
meaning and light and direction from the eternal words of Allah Jalla wa'ala. And it is precisely our mind and our thoughts that the Qur'an speaks to. So let us try with the advantages that come with our fasting in Ramadan, let us try to probe further some of these meanings that have been eclipsed either by power structures or by prevalent ignorance. We'll begin with taking a few ayat from this guiding scripture. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِرُسُلِهِمْ لَنُخْرِجَنَّكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِنَا أَوْ لَتَعُودُنَّ فِي مِلَّتِنَا فَأَوْحَى إِلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ لَنُهْلِكَنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ Before I begin to explain the meanings of these ayat, I would like to say that the Qur'an, Allah's revealed and everlasting words, were meant to activate a consciousness between people and those who make decisions for them. Whether those who are making decisions are in a favorable status or whether they are not in a favorable status. Our awareness of them should be at a heightened level, especially during this month of Ramadan. We cannot take them out of our purview. We cannot omit them from our thinking process. So this ayah tells you that there's some type of very serious difference between the prophets of Allah and those who are making decisions for their societies. Whether they were emperors or whether they were despots, kings, monarchs, tribal chiefs, whoever. In today's more refined language, the chief executives, the commanders-in-chief, the presidents, etc., so this ayah says, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِرُسُلِهِمْ لَنُخْرِجَنَّكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِنَا Those who are of the kafir power status in society said to their prophets, this is a historical statement that is inclusive of prophets ancient towards the end. Of prophetic history they said to their prophets and messengers we are going to expel you we're gonna throw you out of our country from our lands or 
They're giving them a choice here. You will have to indeed return to our world view, the way we see things, the way we organize things, the way we make decisions. So this tells us there is two po- opposite poles in society. Consequently, Allah revealed to these messengers that we, divinity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will ruin these oppressors. That's an ayah that places our attention in a certain sphere of activities. Another ayah. وَقَالَ فِرْعَوْنِ ذَارُونِي أَقْتُلْ مُوسَى Fir'aun said, leave me alone. Let me kill Musa. وَلِيَدْعُ إِنِّي أَخَافُ أَنْ يُبَدِّلَ دِينَكُمْ أَوْ أَنْ يُظْهِرَ فِي الْأَرْضِ الْفَسَادِ The Pharaoh, that's the designation given to a superpower oppressor. دَعُونِي أَقْتُلْ مُوسَى ذَرُونِي أَقْتُلْ مُوسَى Let me kill Musa. Let him then, when I make up my mind and when I execute my decision, at that time, let him call upon his sustainer. Of course, he's mocking Musa. I am afraid that he, Musa, is going to change your deen. Or is going to alter your deen. Now, Fir'aun, if deen means religion, Fir'aun would have been the high priest of the land. He would have been a religious figure. Fir'aun is not interested in the religion of people, he uses religion to divide them. Inna Fir'aun ala fil ard. But Dean here doesn't mean religion. He's afraid that Musa is going to change society so that that society comports with Allah. Jalla Shatnu. Aw an yudhira fil ardil fasad. Or that Musa is going to make. Social decadence very prevalent in the land. So once again, we realize here there is a dialogue of contention between Allah's prophets on one hand and those who are ruling with tyranny on the other hand. And then on another occasion, Musa is told, قَالَ لَإِنِ اتَّخَذْتَ إِلَاهًا غَيْرِي لَأَجْعَلَنَّكَ مِنَ الْمَسْجُونِينَ If you, Musa, 
If you're going to have another ilah besides me, supreme being, besides me, I'm going to have you detained. I'm going to throw you in prison. So we realize here there's a vital, a practical, a meaningful dynamic between Allah's prophets and those who have stole the role of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in society. This is something that is included in our shahada. When we say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah, these meanings are embedded in this article of faith. And because we've been thoroughly and systematically brainwashed in our history and in our current times, these types of meanings, they are further away from the focus of our thoughts. A simple, at that time, a simple Arabic speaking person when he heard what the Prophet was advocating, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, he said to him, هَذَا أَمْرٌ تَكْرَهُهُ الْمُلُوكِ This issue that you are speaking about, O Muhammad, this is an issue that is hated by kings and by sovereigns. They hate what you are speaking about. On another occasion, another one of these average persons in society, when they understood the message and the gist of Iman and Islam, he said, إِذَن تُحَارِبُكَ الْعُرْبُ وَالْعَجَمُ If that's the case, if this is Muhammad, if this is what you are planning on doing and having in society and in the world, you're going to you, the Arabians and the non-Arabians, those who speak Arabic and those who don't speak Arabic, are going to go to war against you. The Prophet of Allah, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, says. إِذَا رَأَيْتَ أُمَّتِي تَهَابُ الظَّالِمِ أَنْ تَقُولَ لَهُ إِنَّكَ ظَالِمِ فَقَدْ تُوُدِّعَ مِنْهُمْ The meaning of this hadith is if you were to see my ummah afraid of a ظالم to say to him you are a ظالم then you can say farewell to my ummah. You can say farewell to them. These people who act like that, they're afraid when they see a zalim, when they see someone who's making decisions that are causing hunger, that are causing tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, of people to be displaced from their homes, from their lands, from their countries, 
who are auctioning off the resources of the Muslims to those who are at war with the Muslims. These are zalimun. And why are we afraid? You, you look around, listen to what's being said and what's being done. And you see those who are in the highest offices in the land. Their policies can be described by one word, zulm, injustice, tyranny, despotism, oppression. And then we have Muslims whose tongues are tied. They can't speak truth to this type of arrogant power. Then another prophet, another hadith from Allah's prophet. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. Innakum ala bayinatim rabbikum ma lam tadhhar fikum sakratan. You will remain on an obvious course from your sustainer as long as there are as long as there is, there's an absence of two illusions. Sakratul Jahal, the illusion of ignorance, was Sakratu Hubbil Aish, and the illusion of loving to live. Faida Zahara Fikum Hubbu Dunya, if the love of this world becomes predominant among you. فَلَا تَأْمُرُونَ بِمَعْرُوفٍ وَلَا تَنْهَوْنَ عَنْ مُنْكَرٍ You will not authorize the ma'roof. You will not institute the ma'roof. And you will not disestablish and delegitimize the munkar. These are descriptions of people who have surrendered their lives to this world. And no longer are you involved in a jihad on a course to Allah and for the cause of Allah. Another hadith, and these ayat and these hadiths are so pertinent to the times that we are in right now, what is being done to us. You will most certainly indeed work on authorizing and legitimizing the ma'roof, that which is by its very nature agreed upon to be right and correct. And you most certainly will disestablish, delegitimize the munkar, that by which in its very nature is repugnant 
If you don't do this, Allah indeed, certainly, will have the worst of you rule over you. أَوْ لَيُسَلِّطَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ شِرَارَكُمْ فَيَدْعُوا خِيَارُكُمْ فَلَا يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُمْ In this condition, the best of you will ask Allah. They will beseech Allah. They will plead with Allah. They will express their du'as to Allah and Allah will not respond to them. Do we need more? This is the month of Ramadan in which your hearts should become fertile and your minds should become receptive to these meanings from Allah Azza wa Jal and from His Prophet. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his. But ask yourself, listening to some of these ayat, this is a sample. The Quran is full of these types of ayat. And these are samples of hadiths. And there are many other hadiths along this line. But the question is, why aren't these hadiths and these ayat combined, why are they not at the center of our thoughts and the locus of our emotions? Why? Something is missing. And it's high time that we made up for lost time and began to understand the meanings that have been revealed to us, meanings that have survived 14 centuries because of sacrifices, because of martyrdom, because of the gallant resistance throughout all of these centuries. It didn't come to us cheap. Even the prophets, before the final prophet, they struggled a historical struggle, and now this amana, this trust is given to us. And we should. It's never too late. We should begin to take these ayat and these hadiths with sincere, with serious consideration. Instead of we having every week people come to the masjid and leave, and they were more informed before they came to the masjid than after they left the masjid. That's a type of Jumu'ahs and Jama'ahs that we have. It's about time that we terminate this era and begin a new phase in our history in which we are going to understand Allah. Tabaraka wa ta'ala.
and we're going to understand his prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam exactly for what they said and what they meant aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum ud'uhu subhanahu wa antum ala yaqeen bil ijabah wa tubu ila allah inna allah tawwabun rahim الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى اله وصحبه ولنها والتقى dear committed brothers dear committed sisters i think the ayat in the hadith in the previous khutbah what we just covered have been explained satisfactorily but what are the details when i when we speak about a zalim what makes a person a ruler a decision maker a king or a president what makes them or him a zalim Let's begin here. Let's begin at home. In this country, the person who's making decisions for 330 million people here, the president yesterday said that he is withdrawing the United States from the worldwide agreement a 190 plus nation states in the world agreed on what is called climate control and they signed on to that a couple of years or so ago he comes along and he says oh, we have nothing to do with this this is a decision that flies in the face of common sense the world these are observations anyone who wishes to can detect the validity of these observations the ice caps in the north pole and the south pole are melting at an alarming rate the oceans are rising gradually the body of water in this world is rising gradually the currents in these oceans that generate the wind flow over the continents are also changing we can observe this in our own lives you don't have to be a, a, a an octogenarian to realize when you were when you were younger yours truly here is in his 60s real he can he can remember back to the time growing up 5 10 15 years old when there used to be considerable snowfall in the northern states of this country that 
has gone away. The extremes of temperatures, the droughts that are hitting certain parts of the planet, and many other indications. So what does he want to do? This decision maker here, who's a zalim, he has gained, he has gained, he looks at gain. He gained this description from Allah's book. What does he want to do? He wants to create, he says, he's the president of Pittsburgh and not the president of Paris. He wants to create jobs here, which no one's going to argue with that. People need jobs, they need to live, they need to support their families. But are you going to create jobs having certain people pay their bills at the end of the month wearing masks so that they can breathe fresh air or air that hasn't been polluted or air that's filtered? You want them to wear masks? You want them to stay inside because they can't step outside? The temperature right now is rising. And there are red codes and purple codes and all of these other codes out alerting people that if you have any pulmonary ailment, if you have any disease in your heart, you can't step outside and breathe. The water is going to become polluted. The air is going to become polluted. The food is going to become more. All of these are going to become more polluted than they are right now. All of this, what is... What's being done here, the average person is going to suffer because he needs the job and doesn't need these regulations. And these people who've stacked hundreds of billions of dollars, individuals who have in their bank accounts hundreds of billions of dollars, no one is supposed to look at them. No one is supposed to consider they exist. The problem is a problem of greed. The problem is a problem of personal egos. The problem is a problem of class interests. That's one demonstration of a zalim. Fill in the blanks. When Allah speaks about zalimin, Fill in the blanks. Know who these zalimin are. Today is the first Jumu'ah in the month of Ramadan. And people, Muslims, who live in the occupied territories in Palestine, they want to go to pray in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. By droves, by tens of thousands, they want to go pray there. But there's roadblocks all around the place. Police, security, armed forces, individuals all around in Masjid Al-Aqsa. It's like a war zone. And they only permit babies or children inside. And those who are over either 40 or 45 years of age to go inside the masjid. That's the same regime that a few months ago said Muslims cannot amplify their adhan in the masajid. It's disturbing 
the sleeping pattern of those around. Isn't this dhulm? People in their own country can't go into a masjid. Well, it's nothing new. We can't go into a masjid here. But this is not al-masjid al-Aqsa. And the Saudis behave in the same manner. They want to have Mecca and al-Madina virtually off limits. What is two million people going to the Hajj every year? Between two and three million people every year, they go to the Hajj. That's all. From the two billion Muslims in the world, you want us to believe that only two or three million people want to go to the Hajj? There's at least 20 or 30 million Muslims who want to go to the Hajj every year. What do you say about those who throw unsubstantiated regulations in our face to make it almost impossible for us to go to Hajj, the quota system. What is that? Where did that come from? People who are responsible for these decisions, are they not zalimeen? A news item. Right now, you may not know because obviously this is not in the headlines. Right now, the Gulf Cooperation Council, that council of Zalimin, is almost split in half. There are those who are in favor of imperialist Zionist takeover of the whole region, and that's Saudi Arabia, the rulers there, the Zalimin there, and those who are in the Emirat, and those who are in Bahrain, they have conceded to the Zionists and imperialists full control of the area. What do you, what do we, we're supposed to act dumb and say none of this is happening? Or supposed to open our eyes and say, when something like this becomes a policy, where does this fit in the Quran and in the Sunnah? And then on the other side, there is Qatar, Oman, and somewhat Kuwait. They are on the other side of it. They don't want all of this thing to happen. And now they're beginning to blurt against each other. They're beginning to snitch on each other. Al Jazeera said in the past 24 hours or so that the Emirat is permitting Israelis to come to Dubai without visas. We haven't heard this before. Where they kept a secret, as long as they were getting along with each other, this is supposed to be a secret. No one is supposed to know about this. The Emirat is thinking about establishing a regular air route, a flight between Tel Aviv and Abu Dhabi. These thoughts were just in the corridors of the decision makers. We're not supposed to know anything about this. But now they're beginning to spill the beans on each other. They're saying... Qatar is saying concerning the Emirat 
They're thinking about opening an embassy, an Israeli embassy in Abu Dhabi. The United Nations. Talk about Zalimeen. The right now there's a, a low intensity civil war in the eastern part of the Arabian Peninsula. The two cities that have ever increasing disturbances in them, Al-Qatif and Al-Awamiya. And the Saudis are saying that they are going to destroy a whole neighborhood in one in Al-Awamiya, one of these cities. And the United Nations is telling them, forget about Muslims, the United Nations is telling them this is a historical site. This is a historical area. You cannot destroy that neighborhood or that district. Takes the United Nations to speak up to justice when Muslims, the word justice has been taken out of our vocabulary. We can't look at an issue and say we demand justice here. Why? Because the Quran and the Sunnah have become disoperative. They're no longer functional when we speak about people who make decisions for us. Part of this ongoing polarization, Egypt, the Valimin in Egypt, they took up, they unplugged 21 electronic sites from Qatar. Among them is Al Jazeera. Why? Because there's a propaganda war now. And usually these propaganda wars, they bring on a psychological condition among people to prepare them for the hot wars. This is what happens when we've taken ourselves out of this equation. We're no longer socially relevant in our masajid, in our khutbas, in our explaining of Allah subhanahu and his prophet. At the same time, individuals, they're dispensable. One Saudi individual who ran out of Saudi Arabia into Qatar because he was outspoken concerning human rights, Qatar sent him back to Saudi Arabia this past week. In Bahrain, three individuals worked were said to be criminal. Why? Because the government there says they've been contacting individuals in Iran. And then they're stripping them of their citizenship, of their nationality. They're behaving just like the Israelis. And we're not supposed we're, we're we're supposed to think none of this is happening. How how much of this information is brought to the fore by those who are in the masajid. And then we come to the Israeli zulm. 
the Israeli injustice. One of their think tanks and their strategic center said their number one enemy, they speak to themselves, and this is tuning into what they're saying among themselves. Their number one enemy is Hezbollah. Their number two enemy is Iran. Their number three enemy is Hamas. In that order. And then we have brainwashed Muslims who come and listen to salaried Imams in these Islamic centers and Masajid who don't bring these issues into light. When are they going to become aware of these issues? Are we going to wait until the catastrophe hits here at home? And as a final word, and all of this, the first khutbah and this khutbah were in line of the late Imam, may Allah bless his soul, in all of this mess in the area, there's one state that is on a course that is satisfactory by the book of Allah and by the sunnah of his prophet. And the founder of that course, the anniversary or the commemoration of his passing away is tomorrow. And in honor of tomorrow, we've tried to enlighten some some of you say oh you haven't mentioned him you haven't said his name you don't have to mention or say anyone's name if you just understand the content of what is being said you will understand the personality that passed away but just to recall one incident in 1978 79 leading up to the culmination and the fruition of the Islamic change in Iran. In Ramadan, days like this, people are fasting. This Imam contacted his representative in Tehran. It was the late Ayatollah Talaqani. And he told him to tell the people to go out in the streets to protest the Zalim Shah, the agent of imperialism and Zionism. Just like today we have their agents in the Arabian Peninsula. Well, they cleansed Iran of those agents. And Talaqani was resisted. He was against it. He said, I can't do that. If they do something like that, they're going to open fire. There's going to be massacres in the streets. And it took only a few words from the imam to convince his representative. He said, I am ordered. The imam, the imam al-Khumayni rahmatullahi alayhi said, I'm ordered to do that. Meaning, this order doesn't come from me. And only a person of Irfan 
and an intimacy with Allah as we are supposed to gain during this month of Ramadan would understand a statement like that. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ajtinaabah wa la taj'alhu multabisan alayna waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina aw akhta'na Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isra كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على محمد وآل محمد اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم اجعل صيامنا صيام المتقين واجعل صلاتنا صلاة الخاشعين واجعل ركوعنا ركوع الطائعين واجعل سجودنا سجود المقربين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة